0: Welcome to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Get ready for the latest veterinary news, information and entertainment. Don't forget to visit us at the Vet Gurus website, vetgurus.com. Now, sit back, relax. It's over to the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark.
1: Thank you, Mr. Intro Man. Brendan here with Mark, episode 265, Thursday, October the 27th. 2022 and I think you're there on the end of the line there on the end of the telephone on the end of the cable at the um, you've got a little morse
0: code happening yeah internet's a bit scratchy but um yep I'm here good good
1: yes we're having a little bit of a chat before we before we went through our extensive review of our agenda and um, meeting of the vet gurus and we didn't really have much to say,
0: did we? i not having much to say.
1: No, hopefully our listeners do. Send us an email, vetgurus at gmail.com. Say hello and perhaps a little plug of, of our Etsy store. And looking down, Mark, I can see my wonderful Vet Guru socks on. And uh, I'll tell you what it's like walking on cushions Mark it's like walking on on pillows. It, they're amazing, these socks um, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> and they're, yeah they're a little bit a little bit out there. they're sort of yellow with um, <laughs> with green, Vet Guru's turtle logo on them, but uh, very, and they have left and right on there, which is very helpful for somebody of my age, Mark. So, although when I put them on this morning, as usual, I looked down and I had the wrong one on the wrong foot. <laughs> Spent another couple of minute, minutes um, switching them over. So, ergonomic um, socks there, Mark, um, made specifically for each foot. So, head to vetgurus.com and look for our link to our Etsy store or go to etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com and just I search noticed, for VetGurus, I,
0: all one word. I noticed in the agenda you highlighted sticker as well. What was playing on your mind with the VetGurus sticker, Brendan?
1: Well, I've shoved my sticker finally on my little MacBook Air. I purchased, I think I told you off air a couple month or so ago, I purchased the, the newest M2 Mac um chip macbook air uh, in midnight blue colour and i shoved the sticker on yesterday so it just reminded me of the vet guru stickers so it's another way of helping support the podcast just buying one of those very economical but um, be proud of being a vet guru member um, supporter, and um, throw us a couple of dollars and get a sticker and stick it on something. Put it on the back of your car is what some people do. Put it on your laptop. Um, put it on, I don't know, put it on the dog that goes home, um, <laughs> on the e-collar. Oh, who knows? Um, but, yeah, have a look on our website. And there's two two sort of two or three stickers there, I think, mate. The one that I've, I've stuck on my laptop is the JustVetGurus.com one, and there's our classic Does It Fart sticker um I think that's uh, that's um, one of the best ones there. And Hank hankers back to our episode number five, I think it was back in 2017. Where might have
0: to, might have to do an update on that. Uh, yeah, episode, where of... we
1: we went through species that fart or don't fart, and and why they do or don't fart. So that's where that stick came from. So yes, so have a bit of a poke around our store, have a think about supporting us, helping pay our production costs and perhaps buy a sticker or some very comfortable socks mark so there we go enough of that i'm going to jump into something more visual and more exciting well probably not more exciting than a pair of acro socks or stickers but that's the wildlife as usual Mark. it comes around so quick doesn't it it's scary (laughs) the comedy it seems like a couple of months ago we we spoke about this the comedy wildlife photography awards the 2022 finalists are here and i've just pulled up the final finalists um the pictures there mark and Presumably you have got them as well. And as usual, some excellent photos there. Um, And I'm sure you'll be saying which are my favourites. And looking at the mark, I think probably the... Oh, there's too many. Probably, what's the one with the uh, the? Is it a deer or antelope or something? Let me go a bit closer. That has wings behind it. There's a oh, bird. As yeah. yep. a bird sat behind it, um, with its um, what is what do you reckon that is, Mark? Sort of a, a big some bro- sort of stork. Stork, yeah. yep. Behind it, maybe it's a wildebeest or something. Um. um Although it looks like the the person who took that photo, and it's very visual, isn't it, this? So it's very good for a podcast. We'll link to <laughs> it in our uh, show notes at vetgurus.com. The also looks like they may be situated in India. So um, it may be one of the local Indian ungulates. But, yeah, quite a good photo there. that. Although it's not, zooming in on Ma- Mark, it's not quite perfectly lined up there. So probably it isn't my favourite
0: one. Oh, I don't know. What's your favourite, Mark? Um, I reckon the simple ones, the the penguins, always um, always uh, the headless penguin. a happy man. Yeah, the yeah, headless penguin or the the penguin that's waving, or yes. and yeah, they, they they seem to lend themselves. They adopt body positions which are comedically anthropomorphic, and yes. um, so they do lend themselves to uh,
1: this you always contest. like. You always like the under underwater photos too and i think we've only got one there haven't we but it's quite a good one what is that a groper or something some sort um, of trigger,
0: trigger cu- fish cu- yeah.
1: trigger yeah um very good um photo so yes so um, have a look go um, over to the comedy comedy wildlife com and have a look around the 2022 finalists and we'll report back once the awards and the winners are announced, Mark. So that's what I've got for my news item, Mark. Just something a bit fun and uh, um,
0: so I've got relaxing. a question quickly before we change. Yes, um, it seems to me just um, my um, uh, having a quick scan through them that um, that there's an increase in number compared to previous years when we've had a look at this competition, there's an increase in number of crashes. Of tumbles and bumps and and falling into things. Do you think? Flying through a the air, yes. Long long bow here. But do you think um the world's gotten to be a slightly crueler place that we're laughing at um the misfortune of others just a little bit more? Mm, perhaps, perhaps.
1: Um there is a few of them there, especially like the Yeah, there is a few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mark. Maybe you're reading a little bit too much. I did Into say it was a long bow. It. Yes, it's a long bow. I think. Yes, I like the lion one. though, was a lioness. The little, sh- the smirk. The sort of mean smirk. You know, I'm going to read you um, a look there. So that might be my favourite. Okay, what have you got, Mark,
0: for us? Mine's much more serious topic, Brendan. Mine's a um, just a quick note that the uh, chief uh, veterinary officer in the UK has just declared an avian influenza prevention zone across Great Britain to reduce the risk of the spread of the H1N5 uh, avian influenza virus um, spreading amongst poultry and captive birds. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's the same uh, syriva, um that's been quietly percolating um, about Europe and Great Britain for the last couple of years. Um, but I think the number of cases um, has really started to, you know, reach the exponential part of the curve. That over the last couple of years, they've, there was, I don't know, nearly two hundred cases across the UK, um, and, and in October, um, uh, the last thirty days, thirty of the, the cases have occurred in that time. So there's been a big spike, and that's why the Uh, CVO has decided to announce the nationwide AIPZ, filling one sentence with more acronyms than is reasonable.
1: Do you think there's a chance that this may end up becoming endemic in some of these countries?
0: certainly possible. And the the other thing that's uh, um, that's difficult, there's a couple of aspects to this that's a little bit difficult. The first one is that... um, that it is, I suppose, um, uh, possible that there becomes a background endemicity um, amongst the wild birds, amongst um, aviary birds, uh, which um, plays havoc with poultry. The poultry industry. Um, I think there's a they, they tend to once these outbreaks start to have a significant uh, financial impact, economic impact. They they get pretty. Heavy duty with them. There, there is likely to be some um, significant culling um, that may even s- spread beyond uh, poultry collection. So, um, so I, I hope it doesn't get to that point. The other thing about this serovar is that it, um, it can transfer to humans not easily, and it hasn't shown any propensity to, to increase that, uh, that. Um, Uh, likelihood, but there have been a few human cases. And even if I understand correctly, a couple of deaths associated with this avian influenza. So I can understand why the CVO has been fairly proactive in trying to set up uh, um, a system that limits the spread of the virus. Yes, I can imagine
1: they're a tad worried there, Mark. Yes, I think they've put the alert up to high for people with crappy Hygiene, it said down the bottom. Well, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing a little bit there. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's jump into our main topic this week, Mark, and I think it may end up being two parts, a part one this week and a part two next week. And that is because it's a pretty broad topic because there's a few items to discuss, and that's hind limb weakness in rabbits, Mark. And the reason why I wanted this one on there is it's a reasonably common Problem, especially in those older rabbits, Mark. Um, and then trying the nut out to try and differentiate what might be happening there with them, Mark. Um, with these high limb weakness cases, Mark. So let's rip into it. And I think the first thing we should chat about is the well, the signs of the symptoms that we see in these um, patients, Mark. And you know, the obvious one is that they're brought in because a client says, "My rabbit." Can't use its back legs very well, <laughs> one or more of the back legs. But there's a lot more than that, isn't there, Mark? What what other things do we see, and we'll, we'll dig dig into them a little bit
0: more. Oh. Well, the good, the the you're exactly right. It is very very common for us to be discussing hind limb weakness uh, in rabbits with clients, and um, and it is often we are often seeing them at the fulminant stage when the rabbit is. Seriously compromised, but there are a number of things that people should be aware of at an earlier stage. I reckon, and um, that can give us some heads up. and And because it's early, we we can probably apply more diagnostics and, and have more chance of changing the course of the disease. And so, looking for um, uh, changes in behaviour. So, in particular, I often talk to people about the binkies that their rabbit might do. That um that if they're not doing as many binkies as they once did, or maybe they've stopped doing them at all, um, that's a pretty good clue that things are starting to change and and uh, um, that the, there may be some pain or discomfort or altered function of those back legs involved. And for our listeners who don't know what a binky is, Mark, do you want to describe that? <laughs> oh, I was just going to demonstrate it, Brandon. <laughs> um, it's uh, the the... Action of an excited rabbit that behaves much like a, a you know, a deer or a bobucker or um, where they jump up in the air and kick out as they change direction mid-flight. Um, it's a behaviour um, that um, that is often associated with exuberance and happiness in a uh, in a rabbit. Um, but yeah, they, they, I often describe it as a deer-like behaviour in in our uh, um, pet bunnies um and and crockies it does make the owners happy too when they see the rabbits doing binkies but the interesting thing about it is that when they stop doing it until you ask people often don't notice that it hasn't been happening um so i think asking the question is pretty critical yes and those behavior changes especially early
1: on are a really good indicator aren't they of, of something not quite right with the animal the other one with the behavior changes are that the the rabbit that is just a bit grumpy mark and it used to be a cuddly rabbit or vice versa the rabbit that used to enjoy supposedly and um, being cuddled by its by its um, owners and then it gets a little bit a little bit peeved off and it doesn't want to be handled as much anymore and and that's part of the art I think of questioning clients generally isn't it with especially the unusual pets you know is there any subtle changes in the in the normal routine the normal behavior of their pet at home and that can certainly be one that might start pointing towards that we do have a problem with the hind limb weakness sort of syndromes or conditions in them um, mark but yes definitely the binkies there mark and I just don't know how they don't end up you know, we see it's not uncommon for a rabbit to have a broken leg, is it, um, brought into a vet clinic. I don't know how they end up with broken legs doing their binkies. Um, there must be some physiological process going on there as well that protects them, Mark, when they do that crazy, you know, vertical jump and flip sideways or around in circles and, and sort of land. And and typically they're, speaking of the photography awards and crashes, Mark, they're, they're not particularly... Um, perfect landing like a cat would do when you when you drop a cat from a roof um top not that i've ever done (laughs) they they don't just land beautifully on those four four feet do they mate? they they um do some pretty pretty crazy tumbling and that and um have you ever had a rabbit brought in with a with a um an injury associated injury a a binky bonk
0: um yeah yes definitely um and it is one of the um the the situations, I think they potentially can do some damage to their spine during um, a binky episode. Um, so, yeah, but we definitely have had our clients come in and literally say um, he was happy running around, um, did his typical leap in the air and twist, and now he's been hiding under the the lounge ever since and yes. bites us when he try when we try to get him out. And the other thing about uh, potential changes to hind limb function that's um, maybe more subtle than than that, Brendan, is the use of the litter tray. Um, lots of our uh, rabbit, house rabbit pets uh, are very, very keen to um, use a litter tray. In the wild, they have a latrine. They have an area that they do tend to go to to the toilet. So it is often easy to get them to use a litter tray, though not all rabbits do. Um, but if they are... Habitual litter tray users, and then they start to not use the litter tray. Um, then certainly one of the things that uh, plays on our mind is is their back and uh, uncomfortable, or is there something going on with their hind legs?
1: Yes, absolutely, that's a common one. And I think going following on from that one, Mark is a is a is a more chronic sort of condition related to that, which is the urine and or faecal scald that we see in these rabbits and that, and that again it may be why the client brings that rabbit into the clinic they they have the they pick up the rabbit and has a, and they haven't checked it for properly for a week or two and it has this sort of smell this urine smell on it and they they finally flip it over and have a bit of a look and we have a bit of matted fur and of urine scald and or, or faecal staining and faecal scald around that, that back end and that could often be tied in with the, the causes of the hindland weakness that we see, so, but, but typically a much more more chronic one um, with, with most of those. I mean, we can have the acute ones like you mentioned with with um, a sudden binky traumatic event or some other traumatic event that's happened with them when they've been spooked by something and they've they've damaged their spine or their hind legs um, yeah and the other the other chronic one that I certainly see reasonably commonly mark is is our pododermatitis um, cases with rabbits um, and starting to then differentiate what's causing that pododermatitis on the ventral hock of those rabbits. And, and the list includes these sorts of things we'll be talking about shortly or next week um, regarding hind limb issues and um, lower spine issues, Mark. Um, anything else?
0: Um, uh, probably the other one that um, that's a little bit um, left field, but I think that's the trick. Even with uh, pododermatitis, I think you've got to... Um, expand your horizons and not just focus on the the proximate problem but have a look uh, at the whole patient and see what's going on elsewhere that might be exacerbating the problem um, and uh, problems with uh, grooming so those uh, rabbits that have um, dandruffy scurf or uh, maybe they're starting to get um, uh, earwax buildup, up um, things like that where grooming is not as easy for them, particularly the rabbits that are on their own. Rabbits that have partners will allo-groom and, uh, and so um, you might not notice this quite as much in um, pairs or small groups of rabbits, but um, in a rabbit on their own, uh, both grooming obviously changes if there's pain or discomfort or altered function with uh, the, uh, the, the back or the hind legs.
1: Good point. Yes, absolutely. So, geez, these, these signs, Mark, they can be they can be subtle or not so subtle. Um, well, let's start looking at the potential causes. And we're, we, we mentioned, you know, the main topic is hind limb weakness in rabbits, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be confined, the actual cause of it, to the hind limbs. It can be a little bit further up in the, in the neurological sort of system or the musculoskeletal region mark and the obvious first one that i always um jump in and think about especially in the in the oldies is osteoarthritis and and we see a a large percentage of of, of older rabbits that do have um, osteoarthritis and as as far as the the joints go mark um, those hip joints are, are not uncommonly affected with with osteoarthritis with with these rabbits, Mark. Um, sometimes in the other, other joints of the leg, but predominantly it, it tends to be the hips. Um, so a few of them I say, with would, would stifle osteoarthritis, and, and much lesser so with hock or um, arthritis or, or phalanges. Um, what about you? Mark?
0: Unsurprisingly, Brendan, I see it exactly the same way. The the unlike our some of our other uh, patients, our dogs, um, uh, for example, the appendicular skeleton seems to be much um, less under less pressure where the, the um, spine and particularly the hip joints um, obviously carry a large amount of the force, the explosive force of rabbit mobility. And um, and so as a consequence, it's not surprising that they show changes associated with um, wear and tear and inflammation um, at the earliest stages. One of the interesting things about um, Uh, These cases, the osteoarthritis you mentioned, especially in the older rabbits, um, I think I had to have a little bit of a mindset change because I was always looking for uh, degenerative joint issues in the hips in rabbits that were, you know, six, seven, eight years of age. And yet uh, a rabbit really enters the age group that's going to have these sorts of problems much earlier than that, don't they, Brendan? Yep, I agree.
1: Uh, and and not only with the hip joints, but also with the next sort of condition on our differential diagnosis, which is that spinal issues and degeneration of the of the discs mark and, and a spondylitis slash spondylosis. And there's some great papers out there describing the fact that the discs of rabbits start degenerating at a very early age compared with other species and, you know, even... 18 months of age, they're starting to get a little bit wonky, Mark, and they do use rabbits as a as a model for disc disease and, and methods of, of controlling disc disease and disc surgeries um, in humans um, by, by doing um, some, you know, little projects on them. So, that's the other big one, Mark. That that I found is a, and the, the key factor there is it's a, it's a very common condition in rabbits that we see some pretty obvious changes with the, uh, and we'll talk about the workup. Um, shortly especially on the radiographs that are quite readily seen mark um, where we've got changes with this especially the lower spine the 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 lumbar region and geez they're pretty dramatic these and no wonder they're a bit stiff and sore and we have a little bit of pinching of that spinal cord and and then a bit of paresis of those hind limbs and uh, hind limb weakness resulting from it and some of those clinical signs so the spondylitis spondylosis sort of syndrome mark is a is a real biggie for rabbits and I presume you'll see you see lots of them as well.
0: Unsurprisingly, um, surprisingly yet again it's it's exactly the case. The the and uh it's interesting to hear you report um that the the radiographic signs are relatively obvious because I'm often looking at the radiographs wondering how the animals are still alive. The dramatic changes <laughs> are really really dramatic and um And so, uh, like you said, it would be good for us to have a talk about those uh, diagnostic imaging tests. Um, But um, the other reason that um, we focus on diagnostic imaging, of course, is because uh, particularly amongst some of the brachycephalic um, patients, Breeds of rabbits, we definitely see uh, some congenital spinal abnormalities, um, even structures like hemi Yes. When the animals are young, um, you know, they seem to cope pretty well. They probably have enough uh, muscular support and um, they haven't moved around enough to damage the structures. About that faulty vertebra, but um, as they get a little bit older, those congenital spinal abnormalities can be a considerable contribution to this sort of problem.
1: Absolutely, and including those fantastic terms and and um, spinal changes, the, the lordosis and, and kyphosis kef- or kyphosis, Mark. Um, those really wobbly S-shaped S-S spines and um i've I've got some dramatic radiographs of of rabbits with some pretty kinky spines there mark Um, and again you wonder how the hell these rabbits are are coping and i have seen some where they you know they're they're brought in for health checks just wellness checks and vaccination etc and you do a bit of a palpation you think gee this spine feels a bit weird and you end up taken some survey radiographs and see those dramatic changes there. What else do we see, Mark? What's some other differential diagnoses of this hind limb weakness in rabbits?
0: Well, I was going to quickly mention, um, because we've talked about the binkies and the potential uh, problems with those, I was going to talk about uh, um, the potential for spinal fracture. Um, uh, Generally, that's an acute event. Sometimes it occurs... As rabbits are held poorly by maybe a child is holding a rabbit by the, the front end of the body, the rabbit becomes um, a little bit upset, anxious and and wants to jump away and, and kicks out with those hind legs and then the, the forces are all focused on the, the um, lumbar spine and if the forces are appropriate and the manner in which the rabbit is held is not, then, um, then we can, you know, have, have a, uh, a very severe um, spinal injury, um, and sometimes those injuries are horrendous and um, and uh, uh, cause permanent. You know, the the vertebrae can sever the spinal cord, um, but sometimes there there may be just some bruising to the the um, cord and altered function, and so. Uh, being aware of um, what potential for injury there is um, and whether there's um a significant um, uh, history of trauma is an important one anytime we've we've got weakness in the back legs um, and other causes of causes of neurologic problems, Brendan um, uh, our old friend encephalidozoan caniculi. Um, is always potentially incriminated in any hind limb weakness, but there are other um nervous system problems, aren't there?
1: Yep, and
0: including other
1: parasitic ones like a toxoplasmosis, toxoplasmosis and also encephalitis. Um, and you know, I don't think we had it on our list, but what else sort of things happen there, neuro that might be affecting it, and that might be as um. intervertebral um little vascular accident mark um the other sorts of conditions that you consider in a in a you know in a workup in a dog or cat with a bit of a paresis of a a hind limb as well mark so yeah so there's a a fair whack of them isn't there Of, of potential causes of these hind limb weaknesses in rabbits and i think the important thing is to think about you know what's Get back to basics. What's the same? What uh, and doing the same sort of approach that you would with any other species. Narrowing it down to which particular region of the spine, if it's a spinal um, injury um, or, or effect, and also looking at those. What's the same as far as um, the differential diagnosis list: osteoarthritis, etc. But what's different? You know, what's more more likely to happen in a rabbit that happen in a rabbit or not. Happen in other species like our E. C. or the spondylitis um, incidence in rabbits, Mark. So it's um, what's different, what's the same, um, and be logical with your approach to them. And I think, I think, Mark, we should jump in to the workup and the management and prevention next week, Mark. And we'll leave our listeners hanging. What do you think about that? Good plan, Brandon. <laughs> So, I think with that, we'll get out of here because we've been just on, uh, on half an hour or so, and that's a good length episode for us. And we can't wait for part two, and I'm sure you can't as well. And if you think of any other potential signs that you commonly see with hind limb witness in rabbits or, or differentials that we have missed as far as the potential causes, send us an email before next week, and we might mention it in next week's episode. And we'll talk to you all then. Thanks for listening.